Alrighty, let's flex this magic. Hello everyone, welcome to Chatisfaction. I'm Keith. And I'm Sam. And this week, just as every week, we're going to attempt to satisfy those earbuds. Yeah, or Cause headphones. Because we are earbuds. Right, Sam? Airbuds. Airbud. That was a movie. That was a movie with a golden retriever who played basketball. Yeah. I remember it well. Well, I was going to actually refer to uh, Airbud Golden Receiver, uh, in which he played football, but, you know, close enough. There was a football one? Hey, there were a lot of Airbuds. Was there? Was it supposed to be the same dog? I think so. I don't think I ever saw one beyond uh, the original Airbud. Hmm. Yeah, I saw the original Airbud in theaters. And uh do you remember it at all? Um not very well. Um there was a part where I got sad where they tried to let Airbud go and they like threw a ball and tried to get him to run away and he didn't want to. He wanted to be part of that family. And Aww. like 6-year-old me cried. Oh, I, I thought cried. when you said they tried upset. they tried to let him go. I thought you meant like the coach tried to let him off the team, and they were no, upset because they, they were cutting <laughs> they were cutting her bud. No, they were like tried to take him out to the wild and set him free or something like that. I don't know why, but uh, he like he didn't want to go. It um, upset me. Yeah, that is upsetting because like eight. He's a member of the family. They can't just leave him like that. Mm-hmm. Um, so in 1997, Airbud played basketball. Mm-hmm. In 1998, he played uh, American football in Airbud Golden Retriever, or sorry, Golden Receiver. In 2000, Airbud World Pup starred the same dog, uh, learning how to play soccer. Mm-hmm. And then naturally, in 2002, Airbud's seventh inning fetch, uh, Buddy makes his baseball team and becomes a star player. And then in 2003, Airbud spikes back. Uh, he learns how to play volleyball. What? And then there are, it would appear to be eight um, Air Buddies spinoffs because they're about his puppies. No way. But they were all, believe it or not, direct-to-video releases. I believe it. Do you th- I think that that is a series of movies that is set to rival the Fast and Furious movies. Um, I think I've never seen watch... the, I've seen more Airbud than I've seen Fast and the Furious. We should watch all the Airbuds. Well, apparently then there's another spin-off series called Santa Paws. That's part of the Airbud franchise? Apparently. It's part, it's a connection? spin-off it's a spin-off of the Air Buddies series. Mm. Because um apparently the search for Santa Paws uh is a prequel to Santa Buddies, the 2009 release where uh, the buddies helped deliver the presents on Christmas Eve. And then Santa Paws 2, the Santa Pups, is presumably a sequel. It doesn't say where it falls in the chronology of the Air Buddies franchise. That's crazy. What does that have to do with sports, though? Um, Just Christmas that's, specials? That's why they're spinoffs. So in the first Air Buddies... Um, 
Buddy's pups uh, work together to help rescue their parents, Buddy and Molly. Mm-hmm. Then in Snow Buddies, the offspring of Buddy and Molly go on an Alaskan adventure. In Space Buddies, naturally, they go into outer space on a rocket ship. They accidentally walk aboard a rocket ship. Then in Santa Buddies, they help deliver Christmas. They help deliver presents. Spooky Buddies is a Halloween episode. Treasure Buddies, they go on an Indiana Jones-style adventure. Mm-hmm. And Super Buddies, they all get rings that grant them superpowers, and they must use them to stop a villain. So Air Buddies seems like it's heavily influenced by the Ernest movies. Uh, <laughs> if you ask me, Ernest, it's like fifty percent Ernest, fifty percent Medea. Yeah, that's bananas. I didn't know that that was there. I didn't know that there was a sequel to Air Bud as quick as there was. And yeah, well, no, is there an Air? Isn't there an Air Bud two though, where he plays basketball again? I thought uh, there was. Not according to the Wikipedia. Man, a next. I, even as a kid, because I liked that movie, so I thought I would have been all over an Airbud sequel. It was literally the next year, nineteen ninety-eight. Wow. You were—I can't you believe were, it. You were probably ten years old. Yeah, I can't believe that. That's crazy. Well, Which one do you think's the off. best? What? Which one do you think's the best? So there was f- basketball, football, soccer, volleyball. And baseball? Yeah. I feel like... I feel like Air Bud is probably the best. That, and, but that's such an obvious answer. But I feel like, logis- like realistically, like as a movie, it's probably the most well-made and the one that was taken the most seriously. Yes. Uh, so I, th- I feel like Air Bud is probably the best. And I feel like the soccer one potentially is the worst. Um, I don't know. See, I think, I think the volleyball one is probably the worst. Like what ha- making a dog play volleyball, it just seems so far fetched. Mm-hmm. Like you think everybody is setting up spikes for people or is he's like, he's probably a showboat. He probably makes the spikes. He doesn't set. He's not a team player. Yeah. But volleyball is a sport is more fun to watch than soccer is. In fact, they're all more fun to watch than soccer is. Do you think in the movie Airbud wears sunglasses and has close-up dives in the sand? I hope so. Oh my god the the cover for it looks like a I made it in Photoshop. I don't doubt that. What year oh was that god. one? That was two thousand three. Hmm. Man, Airbud spikes movies. back. I was really hoping he'd have sunglasses on on the cover. <laughs> Someone photoshopped Airbud uh Solitaire Bud and it's him just on a computer playing Solitaire. I don't know nice. why I think that's so entertaining. I like it. <laughs> um what did you say it was Spike's back? Here's a screenshot from it. Wow. Describe it to our viewers, Keith. I mean, listeners. Um, well, it just is a picture of some kids playing volleyball and a dog standing there, like, on the court. Nice behind-the-scenes action. I love it. There's a picture of a golden retriever with, like, one of those old-school football helmets from, like, when football was new. Oh, like the leather, just, like, leather straps around their heads? (laughs) Yeah. Um, okay, what, what is it called, the volleyball one? Airbud Spikes Back. 
Spike's back. Yeah, the, that cover looks terrible. <laughs> That's atrocious. <laughs> yeah. And it's probably and, not a good indicator for the quality of the film. Right. This is what I'm saying is Airbud has the most work put into it from a marketing standpoint. It's probably the best. It has yeah, to Yeah, no, I think it's easily gonna be the best, but that's not a fun conversation. Airbud World Pup. Wow. Can't believe it. Can't believe that that there's an entire universe of Airbud out there. This is what started the whole cinematic universe. And it yeah, just this Marvel is, this likely ripped from this. Yeah. Yeah, there's not say Airbud throughout the entire Marvel continuity. Mm-hmm. That was their that was their blueprint. They're like, we gotta recapture that Airbud magic. Yeah. First step, get Robert Downey Jr. He costs well, about as much as Airbud, right? You know, in uh in Guardians, when Rocket Raccoon is talking about, like, you don't know what I've been through. You know, I've I've been torn apart over and over again. Mm-hmm. Um, he was actually uh, talking about his time playing baseball with Airbud in Airbud seventh inning stretch because the team fell apart, like, and it tore him apart inside. Mm-hmm. Um, like, look up the cover for Airbud seventh inning stretch. Rocket Raccoon's on the cover. Sorry, seventh inning fetch. Bud, seventh inning fetch. No way. No way! <laughs> this is ridiculous. Yeah, this the hints have been there since 2002, at least. Air, and Air Bud was in Guardians. <laughs> he was Cosmo, the dog. Wasn't it Laika? Leica? Yeah. I don't know. Either way, he was the space dog. What kind dog. of a dog is is Cosmo? Cosmo Marvel dog. Yeah, I don't think, I don't think Cosmo's a golden retriever. Still, it was probably one of Airbud's pals. Oh no, he told this is totally Airbud. In the movie, he is Airbud, for sure. Yeah, I think he's drawn as different types of dog in the comics, depending on who the artist is. But that's one thing that's fun about watching the movies versus reading the comics is you get to see how they take, uh, you know, artistic license with how they implement Airbud. Mm-hmm. One hundred percent. But I can't tell. Is this a screenshot of the movie? Yeah, I don't know. Anywho, Airbud oh, started the Marvel yes. Cinematic Universe. You heard it here first. Yeah. Next week, we'll try to have more connections. That's true. What else have you been up to this week besides looking up Airbud? Um, I made my triumphant return to rock climbing. I took two weeks off because I hurt my arms. Shit. Um, what happened to your arms? I just strained like some muscles in my biceps. Um, mm-hmm. They, I'd get to a point when I'd climb that they'd like it was a really, really sharp pain, and so everybody sort of all the climbers I talked to advised me just to take some time off. It was either like take a couple weeks off right now or take six months off, you know, in a month. So yeah, 
It was hard, but I didn't climb for two weeks. And I climbed Tuesday and I climbed tonight. And my arms feel great. Cool. So I'm glad I waited. Um, I went rock climbing in Richmond yesterday. I heard. And uh, what I like about the gym that I went to is that it's 10 minutes from my house. It's like right down the street. I had yeah. no idea it was there. Um, what I don't like about the gym is that everything inside. Was it? Is it? Did you go to Peak Experiences? Yes. That's. I went there when I was young, like a kid, and I liked it a lot. Um, but it, that obviously was like twenty years ago. So. Yeah, and I think when you're a kid, you're good about making your own fun. And as an adult, I'm like, where are the courses? Where's my instructions of where to start? Uh, what's going on here? It seemed, it honestly did seem like half of the courses were like incomplete. Uh, yeah. and it's just a general, like, I don't know where the starter stuff is. Um, some of them are marked. Some of them just say start, like they're just marking where the start of a course is, but it doesn't indicate like what level that they are. So I just spent a lot of time looking confused at a wall and yeah. a very little time actually climbing and i only ended up like completing three courses the entire time we were there they're called but routes just saying so route know. routes whatever um and yeah like i had some fun but it the the uh space too for the bouldering was uh very small and then they're like, it got to a point where I was trying to do what's the worst about being 30, almost 30, just about, and never having been in shape in your life. Well, it's cool because then you get to like kind of test your boundaries a little more and things don't come as easy to you. So you have like very minimal objectives that when you complete them, you're like, fuck yeah, that's awesome. Right. I did that. What's not cool about it is that when uh, 12 year olds come in, and they do the thing you've been working on all day in like three seconds and then act like it's nothing. And then I just want to strangle them and kick them across the fucking gym. Yeah, but that's just climbing. Like, and that's just probably athleticism in general. Like kids, yeah. kids have are way better climbers than adults a lot of the time because um, they're tiny and don't have that much weight to move and they're lanky and they're young and energetic. But also it's just like, you know, what you're working on is usually going to be really easy for someone else and also hard for someone else. Like once you get past the very beginning stuff, like, and you just have to appreciate that because it always happens. You'll be working on something and then someone will come use it as their warm up route. They do with no feet and they just like climb up it with their hands only. And you're like, oh, okay, fuck off. Like, never mind. Yeah. I don't mind it when it's another full grown adult. Because I can see, I can look at them and go, you are more athletic than me. You right. earned this in some way. But when a little shithead kid comes up and is like, oh, and then cl- and just like monkey climbs up the thing I was trying to do all day. And then uh, stands in front of the course talking to his friends about who's dating who and how good mac and cheese is for too long. Uh, is that real? Me. Yeah, it's real. Did you chime in like about mac and cheese? No. I just acted annoyed across the way and said passive aggressive things. Nice. You won. I did win. In the end, the adults always win because they die first. Exactly. They have the first laugh. Yeah. You'll have the last laugh as far as you know. Yeah. That's good. As far as they know, nothing happened. They get to enjoy their mac and cheese. Exactamundo.
Um, so yeah, I went and then I was like, well, fuck, am I going to have to start belaying now? Cause that's not what I want to do. But they had a lot of good belaying courses. Like they had more belaying courses for sure than, or routes than, Thank uh, you. bouldering. For, um, but that's not what I want to do. I want to do a bouldering. You it's just like, you do need to keep in mind that the gym you went to with us, uh, in golden is the biggest gym i've ever been to um yeah. it had a ton of fucking bouldering space a ton of rope like you're probably not going to find anything like that so don't don't compare it too heavily um and you can have like if a place has doesn't have a ton of bouldering space as long as they update the routes frequently like doesn't really matter um, mm-hmm. but also like we've been getting into rope climbing um lately and uh it's awesome it's really fun it is fun yeah and i but i'm just for me personally, like I've never been very strong. I've never been able to do like a pull up or anything. Like I have a lot of work to do as far as like the gripping is a thing for sure. And then like a lot of lower, lower core strength I need to work on. So I I have to do the easier ones and there aren't, there are seemingly aren't many or I don't know because they're not marked. So there's not much for me to do. And the other ones that's that I want to do like seeming complete, and then the rest of it is like you're upside down and trying to work like, you know, like around walls and stuff. Um, so it just seems like it's going to be harder for me to get into it. I still want to go and like go regularly, but it just I'm not as excited as I was about going to the one in Colorado. Right. Um, well, do keep going. Like you'll find your spot, you'll find your niche and you'll get a little bit better. Like you'll find something you can't do, but you feel like you are close to being able to do. And then mm-hmm. you'll work on those a couple times and then you'll get it. And like the, those are the, that's what keeps you coming back to climbing. Yeah. So, um, yeah. So yeah, go back. I think there's another one in Richmond, but I don't know where it is. So I'm going to look it up, yeah, but it's, it's neat that there's one so close to me. Yeah, for sure. For sure. Maybe I'll conquer my fear of heights and start belaying. It's uh, like it took me a little while to get comfortable. And I'm still not super comfortable with it. But like it took me a few nights of doing it to actually be comfortable falling into the mm-hmm. rope. Like mm-hmm. I remember the first time I, I made a move, I was not sure I was going to get like I was pretty sure I wasn't going to get it. And I made it and then fell and I was caught and it was yeah. exciting, you know. Yeah, I was like, oh, okay, this isn't so bad, and I've gotten better at that. I've gotten better at letting myself take the risk, and it's actually yeah. making me a better boulder. Like I'm, I'm a little braver when I boulder now because of that. I think. Yeah, because you've gone higher. Yeah, well, and, I, and I've learned to make these like unsure lunges for for holds. Mm-hmm. Um. Yeah, I was. We were watching this guy. Uh, do the belaying and he got way up top and then he's like, all right, I'm going to drop. And then he jumped and fell like halfway down the wall. And I was like, Oh shit. Like I thought he was, something was wrong, but apparently it was one of those loops where you hook in like twice the distance. So he fell twice as much as normally. Yeah. Um, it was, I was not, yeah, I was not prepared for that. And, uh, I just happened to be watching right as he did it. And I thought I was about to watch someone get seriously hurt or die. Um, so that scared the hell out of me. You just screamed no. No! <laughs> well, I like, gasped. So I didn't scream anything, but uh, I definitely like was caught off guard by it. Yeah, man. Uh, like, 
weed climbing is terrifying. Um, I've never done it, and I I don't have much ambition to do it because it just looks so fucking scary. Mm-hmm. Yeah. There's no reason for me to do it. Yeah. But yeah, maybe maybe I'll do some bullying. Who knows? I don't want to say it and then not do it and then and be called a liar. Right. But I'm super into bouldering still, so I need to go check out a gym in Charlottesville. See if it's any good. Do it. Do it up proper. Um, what else you got going on? Um, right now I'm trying to decide if I want a beer or a Lacroix. A beer or a what? Or a Lacroix. Oh. Probably a Lacroix. Yeah. Yeah, I think so. Why? Uh, because they're delishy, and beers are delishy too. But Lacroix is just water. Water's good for you. Beer's got almost as much water as Lacroix does in it. But beer has a lot of shit that's not good for you in it. Like what? Uh, carbohydrates. Carbohydrates aren't necessary. They're not just bad for you. I know, but the amount that it's in beer is probably not good. Tastes good. I say this as a man who just finished a beer. Well, I just opened the LaCroix on your recommendation, Keith, so... Well, that's why I recommended it, because I'm feeling bad about drinking this beer. Okay, see, that... I would have... That's better advice than it's bad for you. I'd rather use... You're more about a story than the facts of life. No, that is a fact. That's you saying, I just had a beer, and I wish I hadn't, so I'd like Mm -hmm. to... I'd like you to avoid the mistakes I made. I had a New Belgium Citradelic Exotic Lime. Um, I like that beer. I like it too. I think it's pretty good. I thought the other Citradelic that they had, the was it Tangerine or Orange? Yeah, Tangerine. Um, I thought I would like it, and I ended up thinking it was underwhelming, which doesn't make sense because I like oranges more than limes. But it, that, that one's a, like a, a pretty hoppy beer. Whereas the lime one is a little bit milder, so you actually taste like the lime more than you taste the orange. I think. Well, then that's probably why I don't. I don't really like hoppy beers. Exacto mundo, my friend. Yeah. Exacto mundo. Um, how have you been? Uh, Aside from disappointing rock climbing. Pretty good. Pretty good. I've been drawing a bunch. Trying to uh, work on my skill. And what I need to do next is get a good book on perspective because that is a major crutch in my drawing. Yeah. And then once I, I need to practice with that a lot. And then once I do, I really want to start to conceive and make some sort of comic book, even if it's like a page or two. Um, Cause I do one of my things in life, just in general is I want to at some point make some sort of comic book story just once, at least once. Does it have um, to be something you publish? No, I don't like, think so, so. Can we do copyright infringement? And also, I just I decided I'm a part of this. <laughs> oh, do you want to do a story with me? That's what, I mean. I I think it'd be fun, but I don't have to interject myself into this particular uh, venture. I would um, be happy to. But I say look, we should write a Plastic Man comic. A Plastic Man? Yeah, I don't mind doing that. He's under. That, and that would be that would be fun to draw. Did you hear? We're going to talk about Comic-Con in a minute, but did you hear about the new book that is coming out, The Terrifics? I did, and I, it's the first time I've been excited about a comic in a long time. 
Cool. We'll talk not about that I, Not that I follow comics regularly or anything, but I am yeah. I am pumped on it. We'll talk about that when we talk about Comic-Con. Yeah. But I'm I'm excited too. Um yeah, I would love to do a Plastic Man book. He's he's fun to draw and I specifically want to do one that you write or like help with the story because you like that character so much and I feel like it's the exact perfect character for you. Yeah. So. I'm trying to think about a good one. A good Plastic Man arc. Yeah. Um So I've been working on my drawing. I also have some paintings that I want to do. Um and other than that, I've been playing uh, too much Diablo to the point to where I think I need to put it down again. Yeah. Not because I'm bored of it, but because I'm not bored of it. I'm so not bored of it that uh, I'm not doing other things. So I need to put that down for a little bit, I think. Um, and what else was I doing? Oh, I was looking at this game coming out called Pyre, if you've heard of it or seen it at all. Mm-mm. It's a game by a studio called Supergiant, and they made Bastion and Transistor. Okay. Have you heard of those games? Yeah, I know of Bastion. So, they're like... I think there is a strong emphasis on narrative in those games, but in particular, the uh, the artwork and the music in those games are pretty stellar. I think that's what they're both best known for. I think the gameplay in each of those games is pretty good. Um, but I think that where those games excel are artwork and music and just in general, like narrative. Um, and so I've liked those games in the past. I've beat Bastion. I didn't beat Transistor cause I couldn't get a hold of the combat system in it. And they're very different games. Like those two games are both isometric, uh, the kind of like 2.5 D games. Yeah. But, uh, Bastion's more of like a, a shooter action game and then Transistor is kind of like a turn-based RPG um, where you're like collecting new skills along the way and everything. Um, so Pyre, the best way I've heard it explained is it's a three versus three action RPG basketball game. Um, and there's like a whole narrative for why you're playing this game as far as... Like, it's kind of like Hunger Games where a lot of these people are exiled and they have to fight their way back into whatever community they're in, I think. Um, But the gameplay in it is supposed to be incredible. Uh, So I think it's the first time for the studio that the gameplay and the music and the artwork and like everything about it has finally come together in this uh, perfect synergy Um, from what people are saying. And I'm excited to play it and I want to play it, but I'm waiting to like buy it till i know i'm gonna like sit down and dedicate some time to it right um so i encourage people to check that one out too i like that studio and the fact that all three of the games that they've made uh are really really different from each other they don't make sequels they make they just make new games which is kind of ballsy and they're cheap they're all i think they come out at like 20 bucks they're digital games that's not too bad speaking of digital games i really I'm hoping at some point here, um, I don't know when it's actually in the cards, but I do want to pick up uh, Overcooked just released today on the Switch. Oh, yeah. Yeah. And uh, I've heard very good things about it from my friend Keith. Fuck that guy. No, he's good. He has a podcast. Um, yeah, I love Overcooked. I've talked about it to you before on here, I think. Yeah, I think so. 
Yeah. Um, let's see. Speaking of video games, um, we my weekly arc adventure update. Do it. Um, What's going on with Pony Boy? Pony Boy is never gonna die. Um, I, my base is pretty secure at this point. Mm-hmm. Um, I like. I'm not too worried about Pony Boy. Um, Tess and I went and explored one of the caves in the game, and they're like, the caves are really terrifying. You don't know what to expect in them. And uh, they were, it was full of giant snakes, giant spiders, giant scorpions, giant centipedes. Um, the giant centipedes are like, like if they were to stand up from end to end, they're probably like three times as long as you, the player. Um, they're, uh, they're terrifying and they spit acid at you that, that breaks your armor. Mm, Um, Terrible. And, uh, yeah, dinosaurs and giant crocodiles and just all sorts of terrifying shit. And so we very slowly worked our way through the cave and, uh, there were just some really amazing organic moments. Like there was this snake all coiled up and, uh, we saw it and, the plan was that Tessa was going to get close to it and shoot it with her crossbow and then run past me. And I was going to dump a few arrows into it until it got close. And then I was going to run. And then we were sort of like alternate to kill it. And, mm-hmm. uh, she shoots it and it uncoils and it was not a snake, but a gigantic dinosaur. <laughs> and it like immediately just opens its mouth as wide as can be. And like, shrieks at us and i just instantly was like it's not a snake it's not a snake and we both just (laughs) ran all the way out of the cave like as fast as we could um and it's just shit like that like is that it's what makes arc are these like hilarious amazing moments tessa kept accidentally falling off a cliff into this underwater like underground lake and she managed to survive every time um and uh yeah, but we made it to the bottom, and at the bottom there's this artifact. It's like the reason you go into the cave. If you collect all the artifacts, you get to do some cool stuff. And uh, it wasn't there. And I looked it up, and it was like a bug that got introduced in the update the day prior, like less than 24 hours before we did it. Uh, um, so we spent like three hours getting to the bottom of this cave for nothing. That sucks. Um, but I did find in the cave a dung beetle, and I took him home and tamed him. And now he makes he produces fertilizer for me at an insanely great rate. Mm. So, uh, and he ended up dying, but I got it. I went back and got a new one. Uh, what are you making with all this fertilizer? Well, I'm growing a few crops. I'm actually currently growing a handful of crops so that I can uh, make this potion that lets me tame one of the giant centipedes, so I can ride it around. Hmm. Um. Oh, but the my favorite moment from that day was when we were coming back from a different cave that we just like dipped our toes in and left. Um, we are coming back and we're flying through the redwood forest. I'm on my giant eagle. She's on uh, my pteranodon, and there's this like tiger on the side of a tree, just like s- clinging to the tree. And I've mm-hmm. never seen that before. And I fly up to it to get a good look at it, and it jumps off of the tree and tackles me off of my eagle. And we both plummet to the ground, and it is literally attached to me, like wrapped around me, biting my face. And <laughs> I start stabbing it, and I'm freaking out. And my my eagle flies in and kills it for me, and I barely survived the encounter. But Tessa said, like, from her perspective, it looked like the cat was like in a ball around me, like it had me strapped. Yeah, um, yeah. it was nuts. Like it was super nuts and terrifying. And now I'm never flying close to trees. Wow. 
and your eagle came in and saved your life. That's my awesome. eagle has gotten some big kills. Um, that eagle's dope. Yeah. This is the kind of end game arc that I'm that I'll never make it to. Oh, and I'm not even close to end game. This is like twenty five percent game. Oh shit. Have you guys made like automatic weapons yet? No, I've I've got a revolver that I really like. Um, but it takes a decent bit of effort to make bullets, so I haven't I don't I've used it some, but uh when you use hmm. it you go through bullets real fast. Yeah, I bet. Um oh here's a little shout out to one of our listeners, uh Tim today. He lost everything in Ark. Um, what? Yep. His uh he had a, a houseboat with basically all of his shit on it and he got stuck and uh I believe it was some snakes came and killed him and destroyed all of his stuff. And what and uh you know, it's questionable whether he's in a play anymore. He had a house boat? Yeah. You make a boat or did he find a boat? No, you make you can make a raft and you can build on top of it. Oh. So he just needed to build like better defenses on his raft. Yeah, I mean it's not like Yeah, we'll see. We'll see what he does if he plays if he keeps playing. Um I feel like it's it's dangerous to have all of his stuff mobile like that. Um mm-hmm. and uh what was his thinking? Um, he just liked being mobile, like being able to go around. He had a bunch of different, like little setups in different places, but he kept all his stuff with him so he could craft whatever he needed whenever. Yeah. Um, yeah. and, uh, it came in handy, uh, for us too, cause we're in a tribe together. And so he'd, he'd be able to sail to different areas and we could spawn at his base. Um, but no, I mean, I, I'm of the school of thought that I think you need a well defensible home base and then you can like set up for expeditions like yeah you could have a boat with some stuff but not all stuff um but even then a well defensible home base the wrong dino shows up it's all over yeah yeah that's the sort of thing that would make me want to stop playing too but that's what's so great about it because like there's real stakes yeah you don't get to reset it's yeah it's too much like life um, yeah, except it's not anything like life because you get to fly around on giant birds and tame T-Rexes. I know it's not anything like life, but it's too much like life. Um, no, that's what makes it good. Just like Animal Crossing. Animal Crossing, uh, no, they're, they're different. They're very different. Yeah, that's not exactly the same, but... I I hate that as much as I hate Animal Crossing's uh, increasing debt. Yeah, but the bigger your debt gets, the less you care about it because you've got these money-making machines up and running. The thing... I think the big thing Animal Crossing has is uh, that no other game has, as far as I know. I mean, I'm sure that, uh, some other games have it, but no other game that's good as Animal Crossing has it is uh, delayed satisfaction. And as a gamer, as people who are used to binging games and grinding through games to get the things we want, delayed satisfaction is not something we normally have. And the fact yeah. that you are forced in Animal Crossing, when you accomplish your goal even, you don't get your reward until tomorrow. Like, and yeah. actually tomorrow. And that's crazy. Like, that's so much fun. Because it, it super sucks in the first week or two of the game. But the more you play, the more shit you're doing. And it's like, 
every day you wake up and it's like, oh yeah, today my house is expanded. Oh, today this thing should be built. Oh, like, like, cause you're always working on something to, for tomorrow. And so every day is yesterday's tomorrow. Yeah. Sam Cooksey, TM. I hear you, bro. I hear you. I just can't do it. Cannot do it. Um, I understand, but I'm going to talk you into getting Animal Crossing for the Switch when it comes out. Um, No, that's not going to happen. Oh, it's I'm... 100% going to happen. All right. So let's talk some comics and let's talk Comic Con. Unless you have anything else you want to touch on. Did I tell you about um, the most recent episode of Dinosaurs I watched? Um, no. What's the last episode I talked about on the podcast? Shit. Sorry. Something just happened. I put up a website, and I think that audio is going to be in the... No, it shouldn't be. Sorry. Uh, Dinosaurs. The last time we talked about dinosaurs, you watched an episode where Earl had body swapped with a tree. Yeah, that one was nuts. And Um, you had like four days to finish the whole series. Yeah, so I didn't finish the whole series. I finished the third season, and I found another website to stream it on, so it's not a big deal. But um, I just recently watched an episode uh, where the baby asks the question, why am I here? And Earl can't answer it and has never thought about it before. And he starts asking the question, and nobody knows the answer. And society starts to collapse, and the government invents religion. What? Yes. <laughs> dinosaurs Dinosaurs on ABC tackled the, fa- uh, the concept of religion being manufactured uh, to placate the masses. Mm. So that's the kind of shit you get to learn when you watch Dinosaurs. That's fucking crazy. So it's yes. gone now from abc.com? Yeah. Is there anywhere to stream it? Yeah, like I said, I found a I found a place. I just Googled ABC's Dinosaurs streaming and found some place that streams old shows. Oh, okay, cool. That's fun. Um, so yeah. That's uh I couldn't believe it. I could not believe that they did that in the, that television show. I can't believe every time you tell me about the show, I can't believe whatever it is the, the last thing you watched that they did that. Yep, it's pretty great. I'll watch All another right. one tonight. And we'll talk about it. I'll watch a few more this week. We'll talk about them next week if anything crazy yeah. happens, of course. Um, well, let's talk about Comic Con that happened this weekend. And I want to apologize ahead of time to you and our listeners for being a weirdo who sort of avoids some of this stuff sometimes. Um, so I won't be that much fun to talk about. F- it's with me. fine. You're only awful. Thank you. Completely. Um, let's see here. Well, then let's talk about something that we can fully talk about is this new book that we talked about earlier called The Terrifics. Uh, yeah. The team, it seems, is Mr. Terrific uh plastic man metamorpho and who is that person i cannot it's a lady it's a lady i don't know who she is 
Um, it's being written by Jeff Lemire, who does really, really stellar work. Uh, he's worked for both Marvel and DC. He did a run of uh, Green Arrow and the New 52. It was really good. Um, Animal Man. He's done a bunch of like creator own work and written and drawn a bunch of his own books. And he has a really unique art style that I, that I like. I really enjoy it. Um, but he's a fantastic writer. Didn't he um, write um, Logan or Old Man Logan? He's been writing Old Man Logan, like the current book, for a little bit. Oh, see, I, I don't... assumed naturally that that was when I saw a writer of Old Man Logan. Mm-hmm. I thought that meant he wrote Old Man Logan. No, the original Old Man Logan is written by Mark Millar. Oh, well, that makes sense because he's fucking good. Yeah, he is. Really um, good. Phantom Girl is the okay the, the yeah. female character, and I don't know anything about her. I know nothing about her. I know very little about uh, Mister Terrific. I mm-hmm. really like Metamorpho, and Plastic Man, of course, is my favorite. Yeah, Plastic Man's awesome. I guess Metamorpho is a guy again because it was a female in the new 52 but i guess since they went reverted back with rebirth it's a man again so that's cool um yeah this is cool whatever image this is like a team image it looks like there's a bunch of other crazy characters in it too i don't know them just by looking at them but uh it seems neat uh jeff lemire is great he is a great writer and it's being drawn by ivan rice who is like a top tier incredible artist it's the guy who did all the uh the green lantern artwork for a while then the sinestra war artwork in particular if you remember that at all yeah um sorry say that again you said sinestra war yeah um he did he did art for it Mm-hmm. Yeah, he um, the, yeah, I fucking the love the art in Sinestro War. And here's the thing: I don't think I've gone too deep on my love of, for Plastic Man on the show before. Um, but uh, he's my favorite superhero, and he's he's not given much respect at all. And his whole deal is he's made of plastic and can turn into anything, um, mm-hmm. but it always like has the same colors as him. Um, and so it's a lot of fun to watch Plastic Man because he's super silly. He's absurd. But he only is fun to watch when he is silly and absurd, but everything else is drawn with some degree, some consistent realism. Um, And, like, the longest, the recent stretch of Plastic Man um, was by, uh, is it somebody Baker, I think? Um, Like, Ken Baker? Does that Mm -hmm. sound right? Um, As an artist. And... uh, it it basically looks like Ren and Stimpy artwork. Um, uh, yeah. And it was fine, um, but I didn't like it. Like, because I, Kyle Baker, um, the entire thing was cartoony and ridiculous. And so when you have a ridiculous hero in a ridiculous setting, his ridiculousness isn't fun. But what's fun is when it's like, I mean, Plastic Man showed up in like the 40s, I think. Like he's been around for a very long time. And so these old classic looking comics with this crazy dude changing shape and like you read the old Plastic Man comics and like the bad guy is walking around uh, and there's a red chair with the like yellow highlights on it. And you're like, oh my God, that chair's Plastic Man. And sometimes it is and sometimes it's a mislead because Plastic Man was the birdcage the whole time. 
mm-hmm. um, and that's fun. Like it's it's just fun to read. And so it's I am so excited that it, it seems like Plastic Man. Like it's obviously an ensemble. It's it's a it's a team, but the fact is like it looks like it's got great artwork. It's got a good writer, from what I understand. They had an event to talk about it, or they talked about it at another event. But like it seems like it's being treated with respect and importance and that's what i've been waiting for for so fucking long as somebody to actually write plastic man as a character in a story not just uh a, a fill like he always shows up as a fill in in like justice league stories mm-hmm. um and that's it's boring like he's he he's a great character um and so i'm fucking pumped what is it that specifically attracts you to that character though because like we all love batman and superman there's no surprise in that when anyone says that but when you start saying like i love plastic man like for a while green lantern was my dude and green lantern wasn't as mainstay as he is now with like jeff johns giving him a a resurgence um what is it like when was the first time you're like i love plastic man what is that moment for you so um oddly enough it was in a comic that i don't like that much um the much not needed, not asked for sequel to the Dark Knight Returns, um, mm-hmm. called the Dark Knight Strikes Again, um, which is it's it's fun as a Justice League story. It's terrible as a sequel to the Dark Knight Returns. Um, yeah, but in it, uh, Batman and Robin and uh, Elongated Man actually, I believe it's just the three of them. They go and spring Plastic Man out of jail. And uh, Frank Miller, who at the time I didn't fully hate Frank Miller yet. Um, mm-hmm. Frank Miller clearly has a ton of respect for this guy. And I remember he was like, when they were freeing him in this prison, he basically was like, uh, you know, this guy could kill all of us. Like, he could kill every single one of us right now as soon as we free him. He could, uh, like, he's the most, he basically said he's the most powerful hero on the planet. Um, yeah. And I just remember him assigning, and I I had a cursory understanding of Plastic Man. He's this D-list background superhero, mm-hmm. um, and so the fact that like Mark Miller, this guy I respected, uh, or Frank Miller, mm-hmm. was uh, was treating this silly character with such respect was like it was interesting to me. And uh, in that scene, he's like he's in this futuristic jail cell, and he looks like an egg. Basically, he's just in the shape of an egg. And there's all these like pieces of machine like sticking him in this egg form. And uh, when they turn off the machine or whatever, he just like expands and you see his like neck and head. He's just like stretching all over the place going crazy. And he's like about to kill all three of them. They're all about to like be suffocated to death. And his, there's a scene where his head is like spiraling towards Batman and Batman just punches him right in the face. And then mm-hmm. the next panel, he's like, thanks, Bats. He always knew how to talk some sense into me. <laughs> like, And then <laughs> he's immediately just joking. He like he points to Elongated Man, who's Elongated Man's like the second best detective t- compared to Batman. You know, if you're reading an Elongated Man comic, he's the best detective. But if you're reading any connected universe stuff, like he's he's this amazing detective. He's he's serious. Like Elongated Man got his uh got his starring thing, I feel like, in uh identity crisis like he got treated seriously and, and he's been taken seriously in the dcu since um and so you have this uh like an elongated man can stretch and plastic man just starts ragging on him immediately he's just like shitting all over elongated man 
because all he's like all he can do is stretch and he's like and it's just fun to read like and that's that really like that book is what got me to like him it's what got me interested in him and then i started paying attention and the times he would show up i loved it and then i started buying some of his books like the few little runs there were and uh he's just a blast to read because he's super silly but he's also super badass like he can do some really amazing stuff um Mm. there's a story arc where he and the justice league go back in time and he is uh he's essentially like vaporized uh and then the he's dead and the justice league leaves him because he's he's gone and he spends 2000 years reassembling his molecules and becomes whole again in the present time like plastic man modern day plastic man is over 2000 years old <laughs> and and he's still just this silly ridiculous dude um and that's that's what i love about him he's uh He's super goofy, but really his books, when he's written well, he's just so much fun to read and it's so easy to like want comics to be really uh, serious and emotional and stuff. And sometimes I just want to fucking have fun with a comic and he's just really fun. And I think there's room to take him seriously. Uh, you know, there's like a little one shot comic about him and Batman and his and plastic man's son. And it's like, mm-hmm. it's cool. And there's some actual heart in it. And like, if they dive into that any deeper, which there's some hints, I guess that they will in this, uh, in this comic, like I'm really excited to read it. Cause I don't, I'm okay if they get a little bit serious with them. Cause I think there, there could be a lot of depth there. Like he's a criminal who got these powers and decided to use them for good. And so he's kind of a shady dude. Um, and he has a shady past and there's, I don't know. He's, I, I, I'm getting too serious about why I like him, and that's not the reason I like him. I like him because he's silly. Uh, he's silly, and his books are really fun. Yeah. Um, I think I'd never heard of the, the story where he's left in the past and had to reassemble his molecules. Um, that's cool. I hope. And Jeff Lemire is a weird dude, a weird writer, and he could like find stuff like that to do with the characters yeah. as far as like expanding that skill set of... like what does plastic man actually do and how do we make him use those powers in a way that we haven't thought of before now that we kind of, uh, broadly understand science a little better as people. Yeah. Um, it's not just Stanley being like, wouldn't it be great if a guy could stretch man? Yeah. Uh, and then like people like Jonathan Hickman will take it over and really get into the science of like, okay, how do, how can we make this make sense? And how can we, uh, expand that set working within the same rules that was was defined a while ago. Um, There's, I think Jeff Lemire is going to do that stuff justice. Uh, He's a great writer. He's not, he's no slouch. Um, I'm really excited. So here's a, here's a piece of curiosity about it that I have. Mm -hmm. Um, Plastic man. One of the consistent aspects of his character is that he can't change color. And that's Mm -hmm. why every time he turns into something, it is a combination of red flesh black and yellow um and white yeah. because of his glasses um those those are plastic man's colors like that's that's it and uh in this new book he appears to be in a black and white outfit um mm-hmm. and so that's very interesting i want to see why how he does that it's black and white and he, he has like the artwork I've seen of him he has his belt and I can't tell if it's got yellow on it or not cuz the one I was just looking at was uh was like a sketch. Yeah. 
Yeah, it's black and white and red. And then it's still his flesh color. Oh, it's red and black. I see. Um, yeah. yeah, and that's like... Uh, I guess if there's yellow on there somewhere, these are mm-hmm. actually still all of his base colors. Yeah. Um, so it's okay. It's It, it makes sense. He, he could, in theory, do this because it's, it's just not what we're used to seeing him in. But... Uh, if he's snuck a little yellow, like in that one, you can't see the diamond. If the diamond is like yellow, uh, mm-hmm. then it totally makes sense. He's just is plastic man, uh, mm-hmm. but he's he's used his color scheme differently, which is kind of fun. Yeah, yeah. We'll see how. It... I like that they've never updated his costume too. It still looks like a silly gym outfit from yeah, the forties. So yeah. Until this, um, this is an update. This is the first update he's ever really gotten. But it still looks like it. The, the, they haven't really updated to make like let's make Plastic Man look uh, sleek and sexy now. Yeah, like, it still has no. the weird deep V with the crisscrossing things. Like, yeah, he now is wearing shorts though instead of uh, like briefs. So that's oh something. yeah, yeah. Um, another comic I'm excited about that got announced was. Uh, Grant Morrison is returning to Batman and he's doing oh, really? two. Yeah. I think he's doing two graphic novels. I forget what one of them is. Uh, cause I like to be prepared when I come to the show, but I know that the one that I'm excited for is a sequel to Arkham Asylum, the original graphic novel that he got famous off of for, for Batman. Um, it's a sequel to Arkham Asylum that stars Damian Wayne as Batman. Oh, repri- reprising a role and going back to a story that was a one-shot story in Batman 666 that Grant Morrison did. Hot dog. Uh, so that shit was awesome. And if no one ever read it, it's basically a story about Damian Wayne as Batman, who is Batman's son. It's in the future. Um, no idea what happened to Bruce at this point. Uh, Damian is like this painkiller, pill-popping like pushing his limits even more than Bruce Wayne did uh, Batman. And he's also a Batman that kills. Uh, so it is interesting to see what the world throws at him, uh, how his um, relationship with the police are. It's all very different. I like his visual design. It's like a, it's like a coat instead of a cape. Um, and Damien's just a very different Batman. Obviously, he kills people, but he, when you're a trained and raised assassin, uh, it makes sense for that character. Um, but so I'm excited to see what Grant Morrison does with that because any anytime Grant Morrison does a comic book thing, it's always super fun. Yeah, uh, yeah. Um, Grant Morrison is pretty fantastic. Um, the only thing I didn't like you that he did was um, Final Crisis. Final Crisis was a bit of a mess. Um, and I know that he was like not handed the greatest situation, but it was like it was super convoluted and you're expecting it all to tie together and to pay off and it just didn't. Um and you know, I remember people at the time were like, just wait in ten years we're gonna be talking about Final Crisis was like this super amazing thing. And like it's been about ten years and I guess I haven't been reading comics, so you tell me, did Final Crisis lay this lay down the brickwork for an amazing DCU? Uh, no, or did they erase think, it a few years later? 
Right. I think that's DC's fault because the new and cool thing is to retcon everything about your universe every year or two now. Yeah. Um, so it's annoying, but yeah, I don't think, I don't think any of that stuff has paid off. Um, I don't remember much about final crisis cause a lot of it is incoherent. Um, a lot of it re- re- relies on a deep understanding of the DC universe, which Grant Morrison clearly has. But even then I feel like it's not very fun. And the, basically the culmination of it is like Batman kills dark side and then seemingly dies, but doesn't really, um, that, that was like the coolest part of the whole thing. Um, but yeah, I don't know. Uh, Grant Morrison is a lot better when he's just writing a singular character. Um, he has a lot of really out there, weird, sciencey ideas, and I like what he did with Batman. I love his Superman run. Uh, but yeah, with the big team stuff, the big crisis thing, I I wasn't into either. Yeah, but but I like almost every other thing that he's done that I've read. Yeah, and that's you know people are allowed to make things that aren't incredible. It's okay. Um, I I love Grant Morrison and I loved uh, his run with Batman and Robin, especially Damien. And so the fact that he's writing a book where Damien is Batman is pretty awesome because I love how he's written that character so far. Hmm. Um, yeah. Is there any word? Is he by any chance teaming up with Frank Quietly on either of these books? No, I don't think so. But he's teaming up with an artist he worked with before called Chris Burnham, and he has a very similar style to Frank Quietly. It's not exactly the same, but it's this—it's a similar feel. Okay, I—I I think Grant Morrison plus Frank Quietly is my favorite combination of writer artists that exists. I think I can say that with confidence. It's not a bad one to pick. I mean, there's definitely a few to choose from, and they're in the top for sure, as far as I, I'm concerned. Who else do you put up there? Jeff Loeb, Tim Sale is an amazing combo. Yeah, they've done a lot of good work together. Um, I like them. I like uh, Ed Brubaker and Sean Phillips do a lot of amazing work together. Um, Greg Capullo and Scott Snyder. Um, man, I'd have to think about this more. Uh, Brian Michael Bendis and Alex Malev do excellent work together too. Yeah, I completely yeah. like. This that was a total poser move because I basically just said the only two combos I know, and then you just said a bunch that I know those names, but I I don't know their their joint work. So I'm just gonna call yeah. myself out, poser. <laughs> that's fine i mean because i miss those days of this is the the grant morrison frank quietly run or this is the bendis and malev run or you know, all that stuff right it doesn't really happen that much anymore because for some reason the big two publishers want to have their comic books come out twice a month now instead of once a month oh really and and so the writer is always on but he's there's usually a rotating art crew so like for one arc it'll be one artist so there'd be like four issues and then the next four issues would be done by another artist just because they need to like keep up with the deadline. Um, and that sucks because when two people are working together so well and you can see it, a recent one that I really like and that I'm going to talk about in a minute is, uh, Mark Wade and Chris Samney 
when you get two people together and they're meshing really well, they create their own universe. And it's it's always really obvious when they have like fill-in artists come in when the artist needs a break because the, the schedule really is grueling as far as like creating art. Right. Um, so every once in a while that does happen. Uh, and it's super obvious. It's like it feels off and wrong. It's like what we talked about when a new doctor fills in for Doctor Who. Like this isn't right. But it's almost even more jarring because imagine if one actor filled in for one episode. Right. Yeah, it'd, be, it'd be weird. It'd be super weird. Um, it's a similar thing that happens when there's a new artist. Um, so I like the artist creator like run of a character. Um, but uh, yeah, like Chris, Mark Wade and Chris Samney did a long run of Daredevil together that was excellent and uh chris samney is one of my favorite recent artists that i've uh discovered and they're teaming up again after daredevil they did uh black widow together they did a black widow book that was really good and uh they're teaming up again to do a captain america book and like steve rogers awesome suit captain america and like i don't know what's going on where captain america is a hydra agent right now but it doesn't oh, seem yeah. interesting or appealing at all yeah, it's yeah, like, yeah, it sounds dumb as dumb as dumb. Chris Samney has such a classic style that's like it just looks like comic book fun. You know? Yeah. Um so I'm excited for that comic as well. That was that was a really cool announcement out of uh Comic Con. So those are the, I think those are the three books that they announced that I was very excited for out of that show. The uh Terrifics, Grant Morrison coming back to Batman and uh, Mark Wade and Chris Samney working on Captain America together. Um, other than that, since Comic-Con is not uh, just about comic books anymore, we got movies and TV shows and all sorts of geekery to celebrate, I guess. Um, they dropped a bunch of trailers, and because Sam wants to be difficult, uh, I'll just say that Thor two, Thor three looks great. Uh, the trailer was amazing. Stranger Things looks like it's going to be epic. And uh, I want to talk about Ready Player One, which you should watch the trailer of because uh, you seemingly do you know anything about that book or the movie? yeah. So the reason I'm not watching the trailer is I, I literally just started reading the book. Oh, okay, okay. Um, and I know. Uh, I have a very basic understanding of what it's about, but I don't know much. And so the, the trailer, I think would just be a bad idea. Um, so what I do will, you know about it based off of what you read. Um, I, just that it's like, it's in the future with, with VR. Um, mm-hmm. and everybody uses VR essentially. Okay. Um, so I'm, uh, but I really liked, I, I just read like the first chapter and I liked it a lot and, uh, I read it at the bookstore and I haven't actually bought the book yet, but I'm going to get it, I think this weekend oh, and cool. read it and then I'll watch the trailer and then we'll talk about it and no one will care anymore cause it'll be too late. Yeah. Um, so outside of that, justice league dropped a big trailer and that's one that you did watch. And yes. I watched and I let, I'm going to start talking about it. Cause I actually have positive things to say. 
Let's hear and it. Then, and then we'll get your take on it and why Mine'll, you Mine will be super positive too, I bet. Um, we're both hesitant about Justice League. I think we're both not very excited. Uh, and they dropped this trailer and I watched it. And coming off of Wonder Woman and liking Wonder Woman a lot, thinking it was a good movie, hopefully a signal that they're stepping in the right direction with all this stuff. Um, and the news with like Joss Whedon taking over and apparently people are saying that he's been working on the movie for a lot longer than they've been saying. Uh, I thought this trailer looked really great and I had a good first reaction to it. Um, I just think that like the visuals don't look perfect, obviously, but uh, the way they set everything up seemed pretty exciting. I liked their characterization of Barry Allen. It was just kind of different. And he was like, Ezra Miller is a great and charming actor and he's really funny in this trailer. Uh, I think that Steppenwolf looks awesome. Um, that the speech that Batman gives in the middle of the trailer about Superman is just about as perfect a way to describe Superman as you can be. It seems like a Jeff Johns written line. Uh, I don't know how true that is or whatever. Um, but I watched it and I was like, fuck yeah, this looks good. Like, but then I caught myself and I was like, don't get excited because this has happened before. This is happening to you twice. You've been burned. And then I thought about it even further about Batman's speech about Superman. And it mm-hmm. basically goes something along the lines of like Superman didn't just save people. He showed everyone like the good in themselves, like what, how good they can be. And I was like, that is perfect. When did he do that in these other movies? Yeah. Um, Cause I don't remember it. And it just is like, okay, so what are they doing in this movie? Are they retconning everything in this movie or are they just going to act like that shit didn't happen? Like they're having very selective memory about what happened in those other movies. Um, but I want to like it because that is exactly what it should be. Uh, so I, again, am hesitant, but I want to like it. But I don't want to like it. But I do. I liked what I saw for sure. I like that. I don't necessarily care for this characterization of Aquaman seeming that he's like this fun surfer dude who's just kind of very blunt, but like every time he's doing something, he's like, "Woo!" you know, like, I don't, I don't know how I feel about that, but I think that Jason Momoa is a, a like good looking, charming dude and carries himself. Well, uh, the underwater, like Aquaman scenes looked cool. They looked about as, as good as I think that stuff should look. There's still a lack of color in the movie. There's a lot of red because there's probably a lot of dying. Um, but I think that the characterizations and the dialogue is getting there seemingly from the trailer. Um, and they still have like post, uh, they're still like doing a bunch of reshoots. So we'll see how it all shakes out. How'd you feel about the trailer? Okay, so I had some of the first reactions that you had, mm-hmm. but then I realized that, and I had talked to my brother about this earlier today, and we he helped me sort of word it, um, and uh, basically, like, 
it's manipulative because Batman in that speech, he there the the trailer has a bunch of stuff that's really tickling to a DC fan. Um, mm-hmm. The villain says like, "You have no lanterns, you have no Kryptonians," yeah. and it's yeah. like, "Holy shit!" This guy in a fucking Hollywood blockbuster movie just mentioned the Green Lanterns. And then mm-hmm. it's like, oh, my God, the Flash and Batman are on screen together in a big budget movie. And, yeah, and Batman gives this amazing speech about Superman. Um, and it's all manipulative because it's all the things I want to hear. I can't say it's all the things I want to see. Um, I, it looks so dark and just shitty. Um, but it's the things I want to hear. And it's these concepts I want to like. And then I have this wake up moment where it's like, just like you said, like what Superman is Batman actually talking about? I've watched two movies now where that character didn't do that at all. He Mm -hmm. let a bunch of people die and broke a man's neck in public. And he saved three people. I think, um, two of them were his parents. Um, Oh, he didn't save his uh, dad because he didn't want him to. And it would have been weird if he walked to the car (laughs) and and helped him. Um, And, uh, yeah, it's just, uh, and not only was that not who Superman was, that's not how Batman felt about him. The entire point of that fucking shitty movie that came out earlier this year, uh, or last year, whenever it came out was that Batman thought he was so powerful that he had to kill him. Um, not, Oh my God, this beacon of hope is dangerous. It's, it wasn't any of that. Like none of the stuff that was that tickled me in that trailer actually has any backup in the cinematic universe so far. Um, it has instead a ton of contradictory information to it and I am done. I didn't think the trailer even looked that good. And the one thing I'll say about, uh, Zack Snyder is he usually is able to put together a good trailer. His movies usually have good trailers and then they're terrible. And this trailer didn't even look good. So I'm, I'm not letting myself get pulled in. I will not pay money to go see that movie. Um, I'm just not going to because it's just going to make me sad. After Batman vs. Superman, I was fucking sad. And it'll be the yeah. same thing. Um, and, yeah, I uh, the trailer tricked me into feeling good for a moment. But not even about the movie, just about the fact that these things existed. And then I very quickly realized, like, no... I'm being manipulated. They're they are telling me they're they're hitting the right nerd points, but then they actually don't know they they have nothing to back it up. Yeah. Um here's the thing is that as I've said before, like with Wonder Woman, I'm trying I'm trying not to think about it. When it comes out and it seems like everybody's digging it and enjoying it and it's like it's good. Uh, I can go and see that movie. And if the writing is in such a place, I can be like, you know what? Batman, Superman, Superman didn't happen. We will start here. I like this. I don't care because I want to like these movies and I want them to be good. And if they're going to course correct and they're going to do it in a way that makes sense, uh, I'm into it. Um, But here's where DC has a really unique problem. And it's uh, not something that I think anyone thought about or that uh, this is not a problem that Marvel has because of as much as people want to say 
complain about like every Marvel movie is so samey or whatever. Um, they do it for a very specific reason. I think it's smart and makes sense. Is all of these little girls that went and saw Wonder Woman and loved it and thought it was great. Guess what? Their next chance to see Wonder Woman, this fun hero that they loved, they fell in love with, is Justice League. Justice League is being directed by Zack Snyder, who tried to do some awful shit with Batman Superman. I would argue that's not a kid's movie in any way. Um, are they going to be horrified by the shit they see in this movie? Like, they're not totally consistent in any way. And that's what's, that's what's great about the Marvel films is that, like, for kids, because we have to remember that a degree of these movies is being made for children to spark their imagination and to inspire right. them as well. Um, this is the thing. Are, are little girls or little boys going to go to the movie and be terrified by what's going on? Because, you know, like Batman was not a nice dude in Batman Superman. Uh, and for sure, like Steppenwolf is going to come in and, and not be nice. It's going to be terrifying. Uh, hopefully. Yeah. Um, they have a tonal problem. It's the reason why the, the defenders don't get to cross over with the regular movie characters is because if you have Daredevil come into like Civil War, like people wanted, and some kids like shit, that character is awesome. Let me watch the show. And then you have Kingpin smashing a dude's head into like pops off. Right. Um, you have a problem. So as much as that sucks, that's the reason why they do it. But then, you know, they have the Netflix shows to supplement, like I'm an adult and I want to see the shit treated in a certain way. And so I feel like they, it's a way to acknowledge the best. You get the best of both worlds really. Cause then the, the TV show acknowledges the stuff that's happening in the movies and the movies don't have to acknowledge the stuff that's happening in the TV show. Cause the street level almost is like, it passes by them. Like they don't even notice it. Um, so I think DC has a unique problem, and I'm interested to see how it shakes out with the release of Justice League yeah. and going forward. Um, what do you think about that stuff? Um, I do think it's a unique problem, and I think that probably the smartest thing for them to do is just to cancel it all. Um, well, they might be doing that. Yeah, but not before Justice League comes out. Yeah, that's, I did want to move to that. So there's uh, there, it's been announced that the Flash movie is titled flashpoint mm-hmm. um which correct me anything i say that's incorrect here um flashpoint was basically a story arc uh in which the flash wakes up and the entire universe is different than he remembered some things are the same and some things are different um and he basically uh finds out that he did something to alter the timeline and yep. uh he he goes to fix it. And even after it's all fixed, everything's still different, uh, but in mm-hmm. a, in a yet a different way. And so DC comics uses an opportunity to relaunch their entire universe. Uh, and they basically kept some things that they liked and they changed some things that they didn't. And so they got to sort of pick and choose the things that were working. Um, yeah. And it sounds like exactly what they need for their cinematic universe. Cause mm-hmm. I still haven't seen wonder woman, but it's supposed to be really good. Um, and you know, I don't know what else they'd keep. Maybe it would be just wonder woman. And maybe if people like, uh, you know, Aquaman or the flash or cyborg, they'll keep them or, or something and they'll get a new Batman and a new Superman and they'll completely rewrite it. And they'll actually address the issues with those movies. And if that happened, it would make me, it would even let me like, 
things that I didn't like before. Um, I don't know if I could say I'd ever like Batman versus Superman, but it, I wouldn't have to hate it as much. Yeah. I mean, at this point, it's out of sight, out of mind. If I never have to see it again, I never think about it. I, I'm done thinking about that movie. Um, but yeah, uh, I have hope that the... Well, there's no director or anything tied to the Flash movie anymore. I was into it with the guy who directed Dope was going to do it. Because it just seemed like a unique... It seemed like DC was finally picking storytellers instead of commercial directors to do these movies. Um, but Wonder Woman was good because they got that caliber of director in Patty Jenkins, where she she was more concerned about storytelling than having a big fight scene, even though it had a big fight scene at the end. Um, Spoilers. And having James Wan do Aquaman, who's known for doing like a bunch of horror movies, but really good horror movies, um, excites me. Because when you do horror, you have to stretch storytelling muscles to sell the horror and the idea of whatever the hell you're trying to pitch. Right. Uh, so, so when a good mo- horror movie comes out, it usually means that the storytelling is firing on all cylinders. Um, because every horror movie idea is silly, like when you think about it. But when you can engross someone so much in what's going on, uh, that everything becomes much more digestible. And the way you do that is by is with storytelling techniques. So um, I really like James Wan's Fast and Furious movie that he did. That he did. It was number seven, I believe. Uh, seven Fast, Seven Furious. Exactly. The Magnificent Seven Furious. Uh, yeah, that one was good. And the action was exciting and fun. Um and I think I am excited to see just his I'm excited for Aquaman to be they're making an Aquaman movie. That's to me like Marvel making a Doctor Strange movie. Like what the hell? Um, and that they got a good storyteller to do it. Um, and someone with some horror chops, because I feel like there's a good opportunity to explore some kind of like nightmarish underwater realm because there's so much of the deep sea that we haven't explored yet. So what kind of concepts are they going to pull from down there? Yeah. Um, when the new 52 launched the first Aquaman arc that they did, that was written by Jeff Johns and drawn by Ivan Rice. Um, there was, there were these creatures called the trench that just emerged from the depths, like further down than we could go. Cause the pressure is so high. Um, and they would just, they just like emerged and came up and like figuring out who they were and how long they'd been down there and what's going on with them. It was cool. Like it was definitely like the alien of underwater movies or yeah. comics, you know? Um, it was fun. That was pretty cool. Yeah. And this new one, it's going to be a, the reanimated corpses of all the people Batman and Superman have killed. <laughs> yeah. Um, I love how the internet has taken off uh, uh, with the with the rumors that Henry Cavill is going to film the reshoots with a mustache and they have to digitally uh, take it out because he has it for another movie. That's amazing. Uh, have you been seeing all that all week? No, I try not to follow a lot of that stuff. Yeah. Uh, the internet has just created so many 
images of Superman with a mustache and I'm super and like they there's a campaign to be like keep it in the movie like just let Superman have a mustache and instead of digitally taking out add it to the scenes that they they, it wasn't in before um yeah I mean it makes it'll make as much sense as the rest of the movie yeah they don't even need to digitally add it in just have it have them have it in some scenes have them not have it in others it'll be Mm -hmm. perfect yeah I agree I can't get over Batman vs Superman, Keith. I can't forget it. I can't leave it in the past. I'll never be able to, as long as this DC, as long as this is the DC Cinematic Universe, as long as when Batman is on screen, it is supposed to be the same Batman from that movie, and Superman mm-hmm. is supposed to be the same Superman from that movie. I will not be able to forget it. Um, that's, as much as I wish valid. I could, I can't because that's they're supposed to be those people, and I that's hate totally. Those people totally valid i understand that it's just for my own sanity and the fact that i want to enjoy these um i can do it because at the end of the day it's like whatever they're just movies um i don't ever want to give i wish i could go back and take back the money i gave man of steel and batman v superman but that that's the thing is like if these movies come out and the reviews are bad i'm not going to the movies if they come out and the movies are good then I want to reward that in some way. Um, and I liked that I went and saw Wonder Woman because it was good. So I liked that I supported that. Not just because she's a woman and it was this is the new fad. The new I think fad. Wonder Woman is really good. I don't think it's as great as people make it out to be, to be honest. And, yeah. and I think it, it is a thing of like, we need to support our women and women this and women that. And it's like, it is a good movie, not because they're women. It's because they're just well-written characters and the director is not good. It's not good. Cause it was a female director. It's good. Cause Patty Jenkins is a great director, like bottom line. But I think that's part of what's exciting, uh, is that it's a great movie directed by a woman starring a woman about mm-hmm. wonder woman. And aside from the fact that her character is called wonder woman, it's not like, it's not great for a woman. It's not, you know, it's just great. And it's about, it's, it's a, a very woman centric thing. And that's, I think what's exciting. Um, yeah. But I feel like that movie, the movie has problems that n- no one is not acknowledging because they just want to freak out about it being a good female superhero movie. Right. Um, I think it's good. I think it's really good and worth watching. I'll watch it when it comes to HBO. I'm sure. Yeah. Um, I do want to see it to some degree, but I, uh, I think you'll, I think you'll enjoy it. I'm so full of hate. I think you will enjoy it. Get that's let that hate this, go, man. The, the that's hate. what this Superman gave me. He filled me with hate, not <laughs> hope. He's drained um, any hope from my body, and not in a hot, sexy way. You just gotta let that hate go, man. I can't. I'm letting the hate flow through me. I would be totally dark siding it right now. Here's the thing, though, is when you let the hate flow through you, the only thing you're destroying is yourself. I get it. Doesn't mean I can't stop it. I mean, can stop it. You can stop it. You're in control. No, I'm not. I am overwhelmed with hate. Okay. I hate. Um, the Defenders looks really good too. I believe for that. it. I'm just, I know it's boring and it obviously makes for a bad podcast conversation, but mm-hmm. my thoughts on these things is like, I'm already excited. I'm already going to watch them. And so I just don't want to, uh, why, why spoil a bunch of scenes for myself if I know I'm going to watch it. Yeah. Um, and it's hard because basically like I used to watch a ton of trailers and the idea is like, 
if you if I watch a trailer right now, I get to have some. I get to have a, a tiny piece of the excitement now, um, instead of having to wait, and that's fun. But I'm I have that tiny piece of excitement now at the expense of it later. And I generally think if I wait and have all the excitement later, it's better than the sum of the tiny pieces I could have had earlier. Um, and that's, I'm just, I'm just slowly getting there. Like I watched the first Thor trailer. It, it was enough. I felt teased and excited. So I don't need to watch the next one. I know I'm going to see it. Um, same with all of that. Like, especially stranger things. One of the things I really, really enjoyed about watching stranger things. One was that all I knew was that it was a good show. I knew nothing about it. And mm-hmm. so obviously I can't go into season two not knowing anything about it because I already know the cast and everything, but I'd like to have no concept of what's going to happen in the story. And so far I have that. Um, to be fair, I watched the Stranger Things season two trailer and I don't know what's happening in the story. Like I, you, it's vague. But uh, if you don't watch the trailers, Sam, and we can't talk about it, how am I supposed to, how are you supposed to know that there's lightning in Thor three? See spoilers. This is why I told you I quit the podcast. Um, I was reading earlier today or yesterday, I think, that uh, people have been able to watch like a bunch of the defenders, and they're saying that the chemistry between all the actors rivals the chemistry of the Avengers actors. Yeah, I and have that, heard that as well. That tickles my ball sack because yeah, I like. Exciting. I like all the cast of those defenders, even if Iron Fist wasn't a good show. I still am into that guy being Iron Fist if he could have more time to prepare for the Kung Fu stuff for the role. Yeah. Um, and what else was I going to say? Oh, uh, they showed Infinity War footage, but didn't put it online. But people talked about it. And Black Panther footage, but people talked about it. Um, do you not want to talk about that either? Um, I don't want to talk about details. Uh, I have basically just read that uh, that people really, really loved the footage they saw for Infinity War. Um, yeah. And that's really exciting. Like That's enough for me. I don't need to read exactly what they saw. But I think the headline I read was like, basically, that we saw some footage from Infinity War, and it's better than you even ho- could hope it would be. <laughs> you know, like, and that's that's the thing I needed intense. to hear. Yeah, because that, it, the the stakes are so high, um, the the standards have been set so fucking high that it 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 either has to be basically the best action movie I've ever seen in my life, or mm-hmm. it will be disappointing. Um, and that's not fair, but it's true. Like, I think that's true. If it's, if I don't walk out of infinity war thinking like, holy shit, I've never seen anything that amazing. Then I'll, then I'll be, I'll walk out a little disappointed. I think that that's fair because it is the culmination of 10 years of storytelling. So it, it has to be something spectacular. And I think it has the potential to be, but I, the whole time I'm doubting it. I'm like, how can they honestly pay this off? Like the most boring villains in movies are villains that have all of the power. Um, and that's literally what Thanos has with the uh, infinity gauntlet and the stones. Um, and so 
to hear that his his villain is uh or his character is compelling um that the visuals and the action looks amazing to to hear someone say it looks better than you could have imagined it um that's the thing is like i always when i'm thinking about what a movie is going to be like i like it when the filmmaker can show me something that i never knew i wanted right and and so that's what I'm hoping happens with Infinity War is that they they do things that I'm like I never would have thought of that never. Yeah, I agree, and that's that's the thing I got when uh, when uh, Age of Ultron came out. I sort mm-hmm. of had this thought of like maybe the Marvels, maybe they've run their course. Like that was a good movie, but I just don't care that much anymore. Um, and then Civil War came out, and I was like, holy shit, this is incredible. This is uh, this is amazing. I didn't know it could get this good. And like, mm-hmm. it's possible. It just takes a lot of work and it takes good people. And so, yeah, I'm excited to hear all that shit. Um, what's the buzz on black Panther? Uh, they showed footage and it was like, it was like this big, uh, bank robbery scene, but in a, a casino robbery that, uh, Andy circus's character, Andy circus is reprising his role as claw. Um, and so Black Panther is there with his like bodyguards and they intercept it. But it, it sounded like Black Panther was almost like a James Bond type character where he was there definitely scoping it out. He knew some crime was about to go down and they were there to no, interject. I, I want to know what the buzz is on it, not what happens in it. Oh, like people did, loved it. Did people like it? Yeah, they loved it. And the nice. cast was like super hype about it and stuff. But yeah, it's just like the way that it sounded was really cool. Um, and and then they showed some footage of like back in Wakanda with the other villain that's going to be in it, uh, Killmonger, who's being played by Michael B. Jordan, who's a great actor and has obviously a good relationship with the director of the film. Uh, so yeah, I'm excited about it. And apparently Black Panther's outfit is like a transforming outfit now. So... There was a part where he was like wearing the suit. No, Keith, I, I don't want to hear this stuff. Yeah, that's, that's exactly what I don't want to hear. And then he had an outfit. Um, yeah, that sounds like a cool thing that it would have been exciting to see and not know it was coming. Oh, come on now. I'm just saying that that's literally what I'm talking about. Like, I'm gonna see it. I'm excited for it. Yeah, I'll, and I, I don't need to know anything else. And everything I, also, I know before I go in is something I don't get to see. And I'm not upset. Like, I'm not freaking out but that's just that's why i don't like reading this stuff but i also could be wrong because i often read things and then don't remember them the correct way and then recite them incorrectly so well we'll just have to wait and see exactly so maybe i'm wrong and then you'll see it and you're like that's not at all he said he's a bullshitter that's true but but really i'm just reading it wrong i'll think about it Mm -hmm. but it seems cool yeah, this, I the, just like going raw. I think the big thing is like they showed the footage, the audience freaked out, but the cast also like had this big, strong, like freak out emotional reaction to it. Yeah. Um, and is like, it, like him, the first time the cast has gotten to see that stuff. I think so. Yeah. Cool. I think uh, his bodyguards are played by uh, Danny Guerrera, who's in The Walking Dead as Michonne. So certified badass already. And then uh, Lapita Nuango, I think is how you say her name, mm-hmm. who is in Star Wars as your favorite character. 
Maz Kanata. Exactly. Um, and apparently, like, they were super badass. And, like, him having female bodyguards is something that's already in the comics. So it's not just, like, a diversity for diversity's sake thing. The I think Wakanda always puts a, has put a strong emphasis on, like, female matriarchs. So. Cool. It is cool. And then Black Panther himself is a badass. Yeah, I liked him a lot in Civil War. I like that his moniker in the Marvel Universe is he's the most dangerous man on the planet. Like, even Captain America can't even keep up. Uh, yeah. Oh, and did you see Chris Evans look for Captain for Infinity War? I saw the artwork for it, and he has a beard. He looks exactly like Solid Snake. Oh, I don't make that connection. He looks great, though. The beard and longer hair looks fucking awesome. Yeah, Are you looking up the picture now? Yeah. I agree. I was going to Microsoft Paint on a bandana and a cigarette, but then they Microsoft Paint is dead now. So No, it's, it's not dead. They came out with a statement like the next day that said, we're not getting rid of it. It's still, you just have to go download it. Oh. Well, maybe I'll still do that. Maybe I'll put it in... Uh... Oh my God, what is that game? Tilt Brush. Oh, yeah. Paint him in tilt brush. No, paint him in tilt brush. Paint him in tilt brush. Well, I think that's all the Comic-Con news I have then. Yeah, There's more stuff. I'm sorry I suck about talking about this stuff, but, you know, that's just who I am. Um, There was more stuff, a ton more stuff at Comic-Con, but I think those are the things I actually care about. Like, there's a new Walking Dead trailer, a bunch of trailer for TV shows. Um, I never watched the end of any of the DC shows this year, but I, I watched the trailers for all the new seasons and obviously a bunch of stuff gets spoiled and I'm intrigued cause they all seem like they start in weird with weird status quos. And I'm like, how did we get here? So it makes me want to watch the shows even more now to keep up yeah. to catch up. I really need to watch through all those. Mm-hmm. Um, all right, yeah, I think it's bedtime for me. Cool. Well, all that's left to do then is to rate, review, subscribe on iTunes, Podbean, and now Google Play, I think. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, Google uh, Play. You know, tell your friends about it. Make them listen to it. Uh, we like nerd stuff. And we like sharing our feelings about nerd stuff and then not sharing our feelings about nerd stuff because we don't engage with it. Yeah. Uh, I engage just at release. <laughs> uh, hopefully next week, maybe we'll have some Splatoon impressions, or at least I will. Yeah, I'm not sure if I'll have it by next week, but I'll pick it up sometime here. Yeah. Um, um, have you gotten blocks for VR? No. no. You should get it. What is it? It's a new Google uh, app, like Tiltbrush, but it's... Mm. uh. It's for 3D modeling. Okay. Is it but free? Yeah. But it's like Google, so it's like it's super simplistic and supposed to be really easy to use and rad. Cool. I'll check it out. Word. All right. Later. See ya. I mean, goodbye, listeners. I, yeah. <laughs> I forgot this, this isn't just a conversation. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I edit that out, so. Oh. Well, fuck you all. <laughs>